The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Side Studies. Well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I know I don't sound like Rick Welch. This is Sarita the Edge Edgerton, and I am going to lead a side study today along with Rick the OG Welch. The OG. Next to me here. And across from me is Rick the second. That's what I call him. (laughs) I still like the Rickening, although Rick seems to be leaning towards, uh, what was it, Electric Rick Lou? You gave gave me both, so you got to kind of pick one. The Rickening. The Electric Rickening? The Electric Rickening. rickening. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke within a joke. (laughs) And behind the glass, I've never gotten to introduce Andy the Rocket Man. (laughs) Bishop. Nice. I like it. Bishop. So. Before you get started, can I tell you that sadly today, what is today? What is the date? February 9th? Yeah, 10th. It feels 10th. 10th. Oh the my 10th. God, I got to pay my bill. Guess what? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know, legendary music composer Burt Bacharach paid, uh, passed away. I saw that. Do you oh, know yeah. his famous song? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the, the only thing. thing. <laughs> okay. Too little love. I was, I'm glad you told me that because I was like- He was when 94 I heard, or 95, wow. something like that. Yeah, when somebody told me about that yesterday, I was like, I absolutely know that name and know that I should know songs, but I have no idea what songs on that On Spotify, that song has like 84 million downloads or something. Sure. It's insane. I would agree with him. I think that's something that the world needs now. And that was written way Yeah, it was back in 1965 when you wrote that song. Before I was born. Yeah, back during the war. Back during. (laughs) Vietnam War. The Cold War. Back in Vietnam. Back in Nam. Yep. All right. Sorry to steal your thunder there. That's okay. So (laughs) I had uh, come to Rick, the OG, and I was like, let's do a uh, study on the I am statements of Jesus when he was alive on the earth. And I was expecting him to do that. And he goes, no, okay, you write that. That'll be awesome. So here we are yeah. <laughs> months later, and I have finally written And she it. sent me the notes, and you have done a fantastic job. You guys are going to love this. Okay. So let's get started. Uh, Jesus, what a powerful name. Miracles have been done in this name. Wars have been fought in this name. Salvation is gained through this name. An angel t- told Joseph in Matthew 1 that he was to name the baby Jesus. Mary was told in Luke 2 the same thing. Jesus, Jesus, the sweetest name I know, fills my every longing. He keeps me singing as I go. No other name in history has caused so much division, so much enmity, so much salvation, so much peace. Jesus, a name like no other. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. Jesus used both as a blessing and a curse. Jesus is a transliteration of the name Joshua, translating a word from one language, Hebrew, to another, Aramaic, can lead to a spelling change. Joshua in the Old Testament was one of two 
of the twelve spies sent into the land of Canaan to scope out the area. He had faith that God could use the Israelites to conquer this new land that was to be theirs. He led them after the death of Moses into the promised land, conquering all in that land. Joshua's name means Jehovah is the Savior. It, along with Jesus, was and is a very common name. Just go to Mexico or South America. Jesus is a very common name. It was used quite often for boys of that time. So then, how did Jesus of the Bible become such a recognizable name? An uncommon man with a common name changed the world. How? Well, let's dig into the Word and find out. In the book of John, he gives himself eight names. You may have heard seven, but I argue that there are eight. Stay with me and I'll lay that out for you. Then in Revelation, he is labeled with more names, and we'll talk about those briefly at the end, but primarily focus on the names he gave himself while he was still living as a human on the earth. Rick, the OG, can you begin with the I am statement, with the first I am statement? Sure. I am the bread of life. John 6. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. I don't know if you guys saw that on the yes. chat. Yes. You haven't seen it. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went into Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see you and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Yes, thank you. That was a lot to read. Um, even further down, he calls himself the living bread. So he does. He says it twice. Bread, sustenance, food, necessity. Bread. I mean, who doesn't like bread? I mean, unless you're on a low-carb diet. I love bread. I love bread. bread I love amazing. Andy's bread. Do you remember Andy's bread that he made uh, at the Christmas thing? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, delicious. that was so good. I tell you what? The combination of it with that uh, soup that you yes. brought. Oh, I was just getting oh, ready to say like the perfect. same thing right that in was really there. Good. I so almost exciting. got beat up because I unintentionally threw the rest away because I thought nobody wanted it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm Ralph surprised. was like, oh. Ralph was about that life. Ralph was like, I'll take the soda bread. Thanks. Yeah. Perhaps nothing in this world smells quite like fresh bread baking in the oven. Yeasty, scrumptious, delightful, fluffy loaves of bread. The warmth, the aroma, the rising. Oh, sorry. Where, where was I? Uh, <laughs> Is it bread much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where was I? Yes, the bread of life. Quite possibly that smell just came into your mind and conjured up a memory. 
maybe baking with your grandmother or your mother. Bread has been and always will be essential for humans as long as there is time. According to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, bread is one of the necessities for survival. Did you know, have you ever used a bread machine? Yes. I had a bread machine and I used to make sun-dried tomato bread with those mm. bread machines and I've never been able to replicate it. It was so good. I should get one of those. I hear they're just great. They they're work. Awesome. They work. They're, it's surprising. They're good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So bread is made with a leavening agent. Most often today it, it is yeast and a little goes a long way. A small amount of leaven will get into everything as a baker must be careful. Likewise, a small amount of doctrine, false or true, can affect a person's beliefs. Leaven can make a blessing and a curse. Jesus warned the disciples to be aware of this false doctrine that creeps into just like leaven does. Bread, I don't know if you know this, is mentioned at least 492 times in the Bible. It is mentioned in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Andy, would you recite the Lord's Prayer or read it? Matt uh, 6, 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're, you're, 10? No, sorry. I'm going to start again. Don't I don't need to read the numbers. I was no, like, what? But I love that he's quoting the King, the King James, James Version. Version. He said, hallowed be thy name. He's instead of your. Well. He yeah. knows this. He, he should be a reader for us. Oh, yeah. That's good. I, I, yeah, it's your. I just skimmed that out. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, our earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ooh, from the evil one. That's also different, right? Mm -hmm. It is. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, let's read one of the stories of the loaves and fishes from Mark. Rick, OG, would you do that? When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is the deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in fifties, or in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve basketfuls of fragment, fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Are you thinking about the Chosen right now again? Yeah. Oh, man. Puts it yeah. into color. It really was. In the story of the loaves, the fishes and the loaves, Jesus took the bread and broke it and gave thanks to God the Father. Then he fed the thousands. This miracle was so important that the Bible says it happened twice. I want you to notice, he didn't break the fish. He broke the bread. On the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, Jesus appeared to two of his followers and talked with them. When he broke the bread with them, they recognized him. Today, if we say we want to break bread with someone, we mean that we want to have fellowship with them. Jesus, the bread, was broken on the cross so that we can have fellowship with God. 
Lastly, Jesus used bread as a metaphor for his body in the Last Supper. It was one of the very last things that he said to his disciples. Matthew 26, verse 26 says, Jesus took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Christians around the world still use this in their observance of the Lord's Supper. Bread is a sacred part of this ritual and is observed to this day. In the same moment that he was saying this, according to the book of John, Peter asks about Jesus' betrayal. Jesus identifies his betrayer by giving him a piece of the bread. After taking the bread given by the bread, Judas was possessed by Satan, the wrong kind of leaven, and betrayed his Lord. The bread of life wants to permeate every single aspect of our existence. Jesus, the leaven, should cause us to rise and bless his name. You see what I did there? Yep. Andy, can you introduce us to the next name? Uh, Yes, but I just am curious why you specifically pointed out that he didn't break the fish. Because he calls himself the bread of life. He okay, was broken I, on the cross. Okay, he's the uh, bread of life. He was broken. I, just, I didn't get. It. I thought there was something. I thought he, there was something else. He disperses else there. the fish. He doesn't right. break it. He he disperses the fish. As a matter of fact, we always see that it's the disciples that are doing it. But right there, you just read that it was Jesus that was separating the fish. It was the disciples that were giving out the bread, which is pretty interesting. That's just a. There's a lot of metaphorical type things when you're reading scripture. There's a whole lot of pictures, and I we could do one whole episode on just the bread of life. I mean, yeah. and go through the manna and... So Jesus calls himself... When does Jesus call himself the bread? In John uh, not, 6. It's not super in, important. I'm in just John curious. chapter John 6, 6. Yeah, I read it earlier. He says, I am the bread of life. Oh, cool. And then a couple of verses after that, he says, I am the living bread. Cool. All yes, right. it's I mean, pretty cool. All right. Uh, the light of the world, John 8. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. All right. So a little side note here for context, if, if, for those people who might not be familiar. Verse 12 is actually a continuation from verse 1. Verses 2 through 11 in John 8 seem to have just kind of been sort of stuck in here. Some translations have it in different places in John. Um, my King, I use the New King James Version because that's my preference, but uh, some manuscripts put it elsewhere or leave it out altogether. Um, if you read it, if you go back to chapter seven and continue reading, it kind of doesn't flow. So the story there is the adulterous woman. So just for context, uh, Andy, are you familiar with the story of the adulterous woman? I am not. She was called out by the Jews. Brought you to are. Jesus. You're familiar with it. We he did it wrote in, like, in the we sand. Did it. Episode okay. three. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought ago. so. Um, well, he wrote in the sand. Yeah, go ahead and tell him. That way he stays with us. So yeah, he Jesus, they, they brought her to trap him and say, what should we do to this woman? Knowing that stoning should be the yeah. logical conclusion he writes in the sand. And he goes, let the person who has oh, no yeah. sand throw the first stone. I didn't yeah. realize they, that was that story. So yeah. it kind of got yeah. stuck there. Jesus is teaching in the temple. Then it says, at dawn, he goes back to teach in the temple, and then the story happens, and then he goes back to talking about himself and talking about being the light of the world. So, it kind of gets stuck in there. Some manuscripts have it, some don't. Some put it in different spots, some don't. It's in there for a reason. I like the story because it makes me feel good that he didn't condemn her because I've been that adulterous woman. So, yeah. Anyway, that's just the Shame. I know. 
Shame. I uh, chasing rabbits. But <laughs> anyway, if you read it, you can see the lack of cohesiveness. But I'm not skipping it, but it's not pertinent to this particular verse. All right. Rick the second. Would you read Genesis 1, 3 through 5? Sure. Verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. He called the, the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. So light was the second thing that was created by the light, because it was so important, and behold, it was good. O.G. Rick, would you read John 9, 1 through 7? Sure. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back with the ability to see. Jesus healed a blind man after calling himself the light of the world. What does the eye need to see? Light. Yep. What do our spirits need to see? The light. The light. The light, yes. The capital L, light. Very good. Light is essential for human survival. We are constantly trying to find ways to make the darkness less dark. We can't work, read, or live without light. The candle and lamp industries earn billions per year. The sun is necessary for our very existence. If we do not get enough light, vitamin D, we can get sick. Without the light, our souls are sick. We must have the light, as well as the light. Like too much sun, the wrong kind of light can also harm us. Lucifer was called the angel of light. Notice he wasn't called the light. He was an angel of light, a messenger only. May I interrupt? You may. Um, he's actually not called that. Well, first of all, he's not called Lucifer, but that's another another discussion, which we had before. But one thing, Sarita, that I wanted to mention is that he he disguises himself as an angel of light. And I think that's, I, I, you know, it's different. It's the different kind of light, a deceptive kind of a look. And I learned something because I, I just was reading about light this morning because I thought, maybe I can add something. Do you know snakes can see in the dark? Uh, but the only way that they can see, they have infrared vision, but they can only see through water mist, like water droplets through that infrared vision. And I thought that was very bizarre. I'm sure there's something in that. I don't know what it is. We'd have to wow. explore that one. But That's I thought I would look, yeah, they have infrared vision at night, which scares the living hell out of me. And then- uh, If I didn't hate snakes already, that would make me- I mean, just walking around knowing they can see me and I can't see them, you know. Hardly seems fair. It's it doesn't not seem even, right. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, I've always been told he was an angel of light. So, but you know, it, you, it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned that he disguises himself. Yes, and we've just seen—I hate to even mention this because it's the Grammys—but we just saw this whole thing about Sam Smith doing this particular 
thing. And everyone's like, oh, it's satanic worship. I'm like, dude, he doesn't come like that. That no. is not the way he comes. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure Little Nas X is the... <laughs> well, he, yeah, well, I'm kidding. I love Little Nas X, well, for the record. Little Didn't Nas X came out little, with that song. He put blood in the Nikes, right? Yep, 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 yeah. yep. And then he has it. He wears it on yeah. there. You guys are being played like fiddles. I'm buying all his stuff. <laughs> like fiddles. I'm buying it. But, I, and <laughs> yeah. I told my husband, it's like, he doesn't come like that. That's a human vision of what <laughs> Satan should be. He comes in be. the form of church members. He comes in the form of pastors and yeah. church members. It's and, pretty nuts, man. Yeah, it's not yeah, It's it, not quite that obvious. Yeah, imagining him arriving a disheveled, horrible looking and screaming, I am the Antichrist, isn't giving him much credit, frankly. No, it's not working. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, with the, the horns and the pitchfork, like yeah, that's totally. not going to work. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Rick, too. Tell us another aspect of light. Light is cleansing, light is exposing. Ephesians 5 13 and 14 said, Everything exposed by the light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. Andy, would you give us another? We are to be a light. Like the moon is a reflection of the sun, we are to reflect the sun. Uh, Thessalonians 5.5, 5, For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. Rick? Rick, the second? Would light you go again? is illuminating. John 11.9, Aren't there 12 hours in, the, in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. Job 12, 22, he reveals mysteries from the darkness and brings the deepest darkness into the light. Psalms eighteen twenty eight, Lord, you light up my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. Andy? So this is a stupid digression, but 12 hours in the day. You know, if there was 13 months, they'd all have the same amount of days, and every day in the week would just fall on the same number for every day. Yeah, we just we don't do a 13-month calendar because of us, apparently, superstition of the people that developed the calendar. Yeah, but, the Jews use a 13-month calendar. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea. That's like such simple math, yeah, and it blew wild. my mind when I heard it. I'm sorry, that was Isn't just— Isn't the Julian calendar also done wow. that way? Because their Easter falls a week behind. They'd be the same number of days. So how yeah. many days would it be? I think it's like 28, but you'd have to do a, February's a the little perfect simple month. division. Wow. Yeah, there's a fraction. You still get like a leap year or something, but, uh, but yep. yeah. Gotcha. All right, sorry. No, light, light is glorifying. Matthew 5.15 through 16. No one lights up a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Light is a guide. Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Light is an indicator of the condition of your soul. Luke 11.34. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Psalm 112.4. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, compassionate, and righteous. Jesus is our guiding light, not the soap opera. <laughs> the illumination. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> that show was awful. 
<laughs> my mom used to make me watch it. She watched her stories. Yeah, she watched her stories. Yeah. He's the illuminating one, the cleansing one, the glorifying one, the indicator of the condition of our souls. This name that he gives himself is the only one of the eight that he tells us to be. We are to illuminate. We are to guide others to the light that cleanses their souls. What do y'all think about the light? Other than snakes can see in the Just darkness. Him up. I did. I got Rico choked. It it brings me back to something we're going to get into later in Genesis about how let there be light. And that wasn't the sun or the moon or the stars. And I like how he says, Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But what does he say to us? You are the light of the world. So we carry that light within us and we don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. You know, let it shine. Let it let shine. It shine. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do, trying to tell people about him, right? That's right. All right. Uh, Rick the Second, would you introduce us to the next name? The door. John 10, 9 through 11. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have life, they may have it more abundantly. I love that. I no. just, we could stop there. I love that verse. It's one of my very favorites. Okay, this is one of the lesser known of the I am statements of Jesus. Many people read it and yet don't have any idea what it means. I mean, our concept of a door, you know, open, shut, open, shut. This is unfortunate because the terminology is used about 268 times throughout the Old and New Testaments. It mainly is used to refer to the door of the tabernacle. OG Rick, take us back to Numbers. Number 618. Then the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the door of the tabernacle of meeting and shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire, which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. Andy, what does Genesis say? The door of the tabernacle is a line between sin and righteousness. Genesis 4-7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. It is a barrier between life and death. Exodus 12-7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they shall eat it. These are the people that God are going to rescue out of Egypt. This is the last of the judgments, the one that involves all the deaths of the firstborn children. If there is no blood on the doorposts of their homes, without Jesus' blood swiped along the doorposts of our heart, we are our hearts, I'm sorry. Without Jesus' blood swiped along the doorposts of our hearts, we are doomed to judgment. A door is protection from danger and a fortress of safety. Genesis seven sixteen, So those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Noah, his family, and all animals were shut in to protect them from the torrential floodwaters. The door is opening for salvation or destruction. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is our protection. He gives us pasture. So I'm not a farmer. I know y'all don't maybe know that, but I do know that sheep love to graze in a pasture. 
They can get so focused on eating the next patch of grass that they don't realize that they have wandered off and are in danger because they are separated from the flock. I've done that at a buffet before. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering, you know, you see people walking down the street with their heads down, looking at their phone, and they don't realize how far they've they've walked. So, you know, I know that we're called sheep as well. There's a a great part on the movie, The Naked Gun, where the detective is talking and talking and talking. And then at the very end of it, he's sitting at the end of the sidewalk in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, and where the hell am I? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I was going to say, have you ever done that driving? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where you drive and go, wait a minute. I missed the exit. Yes. Yeah. So the thief will sneak into the pasture and try to get at the weak ones. Jesus wants us to stick close to him because what he has for us is more than we could ask for or think or imagine. So Jesus is the door. He protects. They would put their sheep in this pasture and he would literally be the door, the shepherd. We're going to get into that. That leads us to the next one in just a minute. But he is the shepherd. He lays at the entrance Mm -hmm. to protect the sheep from getting out and from bad things getting in. Yeah. It's kind of a scary thought, really, you know, because here are all these sheep, which is literally a buffet for coyote and yeah. for bear and wolves. lions and wolves. And they're the ones, they're the stand between, like David, right? David was that that stand between. Hey, I tore, you know, a bear apart. I tore a lion apart. Like he, that's what he had to do. He was a shepherd, right? He and he had to be the door. The slingshot, did he not? To kill the, kill the bear? Was it the bear? A sling? A slingshot a sling. or a sling? A sling. Sling, sorry. Slang. I think slingshot because that's I all I know. I thought that he said that he killed him with his bare hands. Oh, he did. The sling he used against Goliath. Yeah. I think he tore. He killed the, the bear and the lion with his bare hands. Yes. Well then. I'm not going to get in a fight with that guy. We can Google that. Now, Samson killed a bunch of people with a jawbone of an ass. Yeah, yep, I learned that when we did that. Yep. Yeah, Sarita did that one. I know. No, I, Tiziana. I'm, very, Tiziana. I'm proud of the thing I know. You do. You do I know, know it. Thing. Okay. And that's really good. I'm going to look it up and see if David actually, uh, did David, I'm going to say, did David kill a bear? Let's see if it shows you. Google should, should already have it up for you. It should. That's Chat true. GPT might already have a story written about it. Yeah, but it'll be half wrong. <laughs> that's uh, true. So it looks like your first Samuel 34, 6. Uh, it says right here, but David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a sheep from the flock, I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has defiled the armies of the living God. Okay. So that's bananas. He's kind of a badass. He really yeah. is. Yeah. That's why Jesus is from the house of David. That's right. Okay. This leads us to the next I am statement we kind of got off. Uh, OG Rick. I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Then he repeats it in verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Jesus combines the door and the good shepherd. The sheep must enter the pasture by the door, which is guarded by the good shepherd. If anyone tries to get in any other way, he is a ne'er-do-well, a wolf. And he even calls him a a wolf in sheep's clothing. But actually, that I was reading that that might be mistranslated. It should be a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Wow. Really? Yes. Oh, that's super interesting. That's different. That is somebody's interpretation. Now, I 
wasn't there. I did not hear Jesus personally. We do know that terminology as a wolf in sheep's clothing, but a wolf in shepherd's clothing is actually, to me, more dangerous. Oh, absolutely. I'm just I'm more interested and, in and the it's fact a better metaphor. <laughs> that you use the descriptor a ne'er-do-well. A ne'er-do-well. Yeah, a ne'er-do-well. Well, it's You're a right. good description. It is. Jesus says that he will lay down his life for his sheep when the wolf comes. In Isaiah 53, Jesus is called the lamb who was led to the slaughter, a sheep before the shearers. Jesus says that his sheep will recognize his voice and follow him. He also says that there will be other sheep outside the original fold who will hear his voice. He will bring these sheep in and make the sheep one flock. He says that he will not run out on his sheep like a hired hand because he, Jesus, has bought the sheep. Jesus will stay and fight for us and protect us from the wolves. We, the sheep, only need to listen for his voice and stay close to him. Of course, that's easier said than done, right? Yep. We shouldn't go wandering too far from the pasture and get lost. There is protection in the flock as long as the good shepherd lays at the door. Later on in John 10, John Jesus addresses those who don't follow him. Let's see what he says. Andy, would you read verses 22 through 30 of John 10? Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was the winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answers them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, nor shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. Just like the sheep who follow the shepherd, believers follow Jesus. If one is not of his flock, that one is not a believer and will not be protected from the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The sheep of Jesus' flock may be sheared, tested, and tried, but they cannot be taken from the good shepherd. As Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. We should seek that rest by listening to His voice. Girl, you did me dirty. <laughs> do you— uh, Yeah, you mean you have Rick do it? This is my favorite This is my favorite chapter. If you'd like, I'll read it. I love I, it. I mean, okay. I don't do you mind, but I, I don't mind. I really don't mind doing it, but if you want to do it, I also don't mind you doing it. I, I, I just— it's, You did him dirty. Let's just listen All to right. him go through it. Okay. Hit it. Hit it, Andy. <laughs> I was wondering if I like I to like, listen to it. Well, you like to listen to me, like, back up and repeat lines. <laughs> this must be what you like. You're an do. editor, bro. Yeah. Uh, I know how to make it all disappear. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I am the resurrection and the life. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin— I always thought that was interesting, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again and in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Hmm. Good job, I dude. I got on a streak Yay. there after like a bunch of you stuttering it starts. <laughs> that was really good, man. So to me, this is one of the saddest times in Jesus's life. Um, the other sad time that I get is when he's kneeling alone in the garden. I, I, I get such When he's praying for there. us. Yeah, when he's praying for us. For like, us. Ugh. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> Later in the chapter, the shortest verse in the Bible is recorded. The one that if you say, hey, do you know any Bible verses? Kids will go, I know one. Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but after hearing the cry of Martha's heart and her extraordinary belief in Jesus's connection with God and Mary's desperation, he rolls up his proverbial sleeve and gets to work. In the story, Jesus goes to the tomb with all the wailing and mourning Jews asking for the stone to be rolled away from the tomb. So, (laughs) that's just not supposed to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't do things the way people— Well, you mean grave digging? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, they talk about the stench. Technically, Jesus was a grave robber. Yes. He was in this story. He Actually, was. he robbed the grave. He did. Literally. He did. Himself. That's right. So, um, and I know you, we've done an extensive study before I got here on Lazarus, Lazarus which I wish oh, I had wow. been here. It was such a good study. I oh, we can do it again. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I enjoyed oh, listening to getting, it. It was such so good. Yeah, we're going to get into a little bit more later today, actually. Okay, good. Reading that whole section, I wanted to, I almost wanted to go at the end, but I don't want to butt in on you. But if go you ahead. have a, if you believe who wrote the book of John based on that side study, and we'll touch it, the side study that I'm going to do later, not to be a spoiler alert, but. Once you know who, if you believe who wrote it, then when you read the context of of what he's saying, it really starts to butt open even more about what he's saying. If you use the Lazarus lens. Yes. Use then the Lazarus it looks lens differently. Completely different. It's very interesting. Did you notice that most of the, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier, but do you know that most of the I am statements come from where? John. Book of John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
They're reiterated sometimes in other ones, but not exactly. I know, I know where you're going perfectly. with that, but I don't. Let's not let's not blow it here. That's a teaser. He's about Stay to explode. Stay tuned for the next wait. one. That's right. You're Stay tuned wait. for the next one, Jeez. led by Rick <laughs> Charlton Carter the third. Okay, That's so sus. Actually, the second. So sus. So sus. In fact, he's number two. I want you to call him number two from now on. So I think no matter who you think, get me my number two. Sorry. See what happens when you're the only female in the studio. Yes. Yeah, it's awful. I have two boys at home and poop and fart jokes are It works. I love it. It's still so good. No matter who you think wrote the book of John, bringing it back, we all can agree that Jesus doesn't do things always the way that people assume he should do things. The disciples thought he should go when he got the news, but he had other plans. So let's look at what happened here. He prays aloud to God and then calls Lazarus from the grave. Jesus, who has the power over death and the grave, resurrects his friend. This is the straw that breaks that camel's back. This is the miracle that sets Jesus' fate with the religious elite. This is it. They've already been plotting how to get him. But this is the one that that they got to do something about this guy. He literally brought somebody back from the dead. How do we explain it? How do we explain it away? It was seen by all these people. What are we going to do? We got to kill him. We got to get rid of him. We got to make him go away. That's the whole reason. Remember we talked about that, Andy, is that the whole reason why everybody was there in Jerusalem at that time, it was a huge, all those disciples, it was huge. All those people that were there were because he'd raised Lazarus from the dead. They were there to see Lazarus. You would go see that guy. I would yes, go see it. Yes, I would go see I want to oh, go yeah. meet this if guy. If somebody had credibly, like, drew the grapevine, credibly if raised somebody from the dead. Like, they made like, a movie about some kid who died and went to heaven and came back heaven and wrote a book about it. Yeah. It, it was, Whatever it was all, you believe it, about. It was false, actually. But it was, he actually admitted that it was false. Oh, I know. Um, if, but they had, you know, if they had like a little guy in a cart, like at a kiosk selling like little fake tombs, I would have bought, I would have been a guy that bought a fake tomb. Yeah. You'd, yeah to go you'd, home and like roll him back and bring the little dude out. Like, it's a mummy, yes. you know. Human curiosity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that this, according to the Sanhedrin, who did not believe in the resurrection, this was, for them, it was too much to ignore. We couldn't, they could not ignore it. So how many people saw the death, smelled the stench, heard the grief? How many people saw this and believed in Jesus? This resurrection was an insurrection, and they had to get rid of Jesus. I love how you say it that way. This resurrection was an insurrection. That was cool. Very yeah. rebellious. Yeah, very much so. I think the the one thing I did I didn't catch before that I just caught um, the Sanhedrin were actually made up of Pharisees and Sadducees, and the Sadducees were the ones. I'm that sorry, didn't the believe. Sadducees. Yes. That's what I think. That's what you meant. I meant. Yeah, because it's kind of like the House of Representatives for us. The Sanhedrin had seventy, and some were Pharisees and some were Sadducees, and oh, okay. and they split because. Sadducees did not believe in resurrection right. from the dead. The Pharisees somehow did. Yeah, in our world, the Sadducees would be like the conservative party, like the the far right, the far, far right conservative. I would say the Sadducees are like, and then the Pharisees were a little bit more liberal with their interpretation of the text. Um, but the Pharisees believed in, that's why it's so fun whenever Paul comes in and says, I'm only drawing on the hope that you have brothers whenever, you know, he's under arrest. And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees get into like a big fight because he was just playing that game. But this was a great study, by well, the way. 
I'm curious, which one of the ones we've discussed thus far is, have you, had you heard of these before? Had you heard of the statements I've heard before? some of them, but I've never heard them like categorized, like, let's talk about Jesus's I am statements. Like, I've never heard the thought of pulling those out and being like, let's examine these as a unit. And of course, I've heard a couple, just what is probably just I am the bread or... Yeah, my did favorite one's I am the, the light, or you know what I, I mean. Of these was, ones, which one did you like? I am the resurrection and the life. Of course. By, by far. Because you love the Lazarus story. Uh, not only that, but just And because, I say Lazarus too, by yeah. the way. I got that, that la- Lazarus. Yeah. Well, Jesus was from Nazareth, and his best friend was Lazarus. But I want you to finish that. Whatever that was that you just started, I want the whole thing. <laughs> Jesus. I can't do it. So anyway, this— That would take time. <laughs> the, um, I think the point that really hits me is— I wish that I, I can't wait to see what the chosen is going to do with this because when I look at Jesus standing there waiting and getting there and then seeing how upset Martha is and to look at her and she says, I know she knows him. She's like, she's, she, he, she's one of the sheep. I know you, I know who you are. And I know that you'll raise him up at the last day. I just wish you would have been here when you could have done something for my brother. We warned you so long ago and now he stinks and it's too late. Isn't it's this, too late. Isn't this like a moment? When Peter, we watched the Chosen episode eight, Peter's like, you're helping everybody else. That's right. But you're not helping me. Mm -hmm. You didn't help my brother. That's right. I'm your best friend. We're your best friends. You stay at our house. Why didn't you come? Exactly. That's what she wanted to say, but Mm -hmm. she was so polite. I'm putting words in Martha's mouth. I know Mary kind of comes up and says that. If you had come, this would not have happened. But truthfully, that you, you can't pick a favorite. Because all of them are the identical same thing. Yes. They're just from a different perspective. That's all. They're all, all I am's are the same. Whether you're a gate, a shepherd who is also a gate, a shepherd who carries the light. Who gives the bread. (laughs) I mean. They're all the same. They're all the same. You have to eat the bread to get to the kingdom. You have to drink the blood. You have, you know. But I I think if you, if you ask my opinion and nobody really did, but if. What is your opinion, actually, Sir? <laughs> he gives Andy these likes bananas. <laughs> he, if he gives these statements, it's because one of them is going to resonate with people, or they're all going to resonate with people differently. So, I don't eat a whole lot of bread, but I can smell a Quincy's yeast roll right now. Do y'all yeah. remember Quincy's? Oh, Those, oh yeah. And sometimes I think Ryan's my mother still used has to them. Pack them in her purse. Yeah. Take them home. Yeah. <laughs> But I so can, your mom was a thief. Got I it. I can yes, smell those. <laughs> it's not my comfort food, but I can smell those. And there's people who love bread, and that's that resonates with them. And then, you know, there are people who can't sleep in the dark. The light of the world. If you light a candle, the darkness has to flee from it. I mean, he did these because these different aspects of who the I am is mm-hmm. will speak to different people. Yeah, and touch no, their I mean, hearts yeah. in that way. But we're coming to two very controversial ones in the next episode, which I cannot yeah, I'm wait super excited for. About that. Yep. Um, it is going to be so exciting. Um, plus one that is left out when people do Bible studies on these or list the I am statements of Jesus. One that kind of gets left out, which I think, it's probably the most important one. Uh-huh. And so I want to say, unless y'all have anything else, thank you. 
Thank you, Rick. No, Rick, oh, no. Rick, I'm great. Thank Rick's, you. No, great job. I look forward to the next one, actually. Thank you, Andy, whose mouth is currently full of banana. No, I'm fine. What do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we will see you next time with the Burrows of Berea. Peace out. Bye. Hey, guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. My cousin told me that you could drink bull semen. What now? Yeah, and I didn't do it. Um, and I, but I have been suggesting it to all kinds of people that I don't really care for. That is, I'm just kidding, man. Not a good get the, the Rocky Mountain oysters and get it from the source. That's right. Check, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Sorry all right. About that.